you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast. Watch them whip. Watch them nay-nay. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. Name is Dan Hansis, joined in a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday. It's grind 30, Mark. It is. Worked yesterday, so it's already in the middle of my week. Grind 45. It's grind 45. Quarter to grind. (laughs) Big, big, big uh, weekend, Greg. How was your weekend? It was delicious. Delicious. Sure, why not? That's good. Although I, although I barely ate, so that's maybe not the right the right. Answer. Nice descriptive word, though, because later on in today's show, we're going to use one word describing a team player situation uh, after one week of training camp. Delicious. A nice way to describe the weekend, even if it's not literally about food. Yeah, it was just, you know, fun. There's a lot to chew on. Very nice. Wow. Very nice there as well. <laughs> well done. Uh, Wes, how was your weekend? It was delicious. I made my 36-ingredient <laughs> spaghetti sauce yesterday. Whoa. 36. Got a all day. Oh, I've got plenty. I'll bring it in. Are you just throwing random things from the refrigerator in when you get past 25 ingredients? Well, first of all, that's how people should cook. Whatever's in your kitchen, you throw it in. That's how cooking has always been done. This idea that you have to follow a recipe is ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a southern woman from 1912. I mean, throw it in there, sugar. Give no, it a little that's taste. how cooking's done. That's the art of it. Like this idea that there's a recipe. You'll never be a good cook if you follow recipes because you're doing someone else's cooking. Mark, you're a noted fooditarian, so maybe you wouldn't use delicious as a, des- a descriptive term, but maybe, maybe you would. How was your weekend? B minus, C, C plus, tops. Okay. I saw your friend. I have my gripes. Nikki, so my friend. Your friend Nikki Glazer at the you Roast did. Battle. I went to the taping of Roast Battle. Did you say that you, Comedy Central. you worked with me and were best friends? Did you talk to her? No, it wasn't, oh. it wasn't a deep conversation or anything. I saw your friend, Tony Jeselnik, at a uh, Jeff Ross taping 
a couple years back. I introduced myself. He was very nice. I said, hey, great. I work with him. That would have been a nice, like, comedian trade-off there. <laughs> Complete the circle <laughs> of conversation. Together. Next time. Yeah, maybe next time. Uh, yeah, so we got a uh, good show coming up today. Uh, yes, the uh, one-word seg, and then some news, including uh, uh, we're down to just one rookie, first-round rookie without a deal. Uh, thank goodness my team's not attached. And some Dez uh, Bryant juice. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's that time. It's that time, folks. It's time to talk some football. Let's do some news. They were with a dog sitter, but they're like so – my husband picked them up, and they've been so anxious and stressed out ever since he got them. So I think they had a tough vacation. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I mean, I know it's Colleen Wolf talking is it? about I haven't, dogs. I haven't heard Colleen in so long that I don't even know if that's her. What is the, I what was, was the point of that? I was watching the remote like feed, and that was her talking during inside training <laughs> camp, and I like was just listening to that. And She's going to love that. And I was, I had to clip it off because I was like, this is just uh, on my TV. Right that is now. fair. She was on vacation for yeah. roughly 45 to 50 days what and not setup. with the dogs. So the dogs probably are a little antsy at this yeah, point. Yeah, it, it, it's on brand for Erica's appreciation slash, you know, maybe obsession with Colleen. It all really <laughs> it's a real thing. Yes or no? A little uh, bit. A little yeah, bit. it's mutual, though. Mm. No doubt. Definitely mutual. mutual There's obsession. tons of evidence to point that it's mutual. <laughs> I, I, would say I see Emma is. VB back there. Nod or shake your head. Is the obsession mutual? Emma. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's the just head Emma's shaking. jealousy coming through. Uh, let's start uh, with, yes, the uh, first-round rookies. Uh, Sam Darnold and the Jets get a deal done, and thank God. Uh, Rap Sheet reported Monday that the Jets and Darnold agreed to terms four-year, $30.25 million fully guaranteed. The signing became official this morning. Darnold joined his new teammates on the field in practice, so that drama is in the rear view, and it was a very Jets drama shaping up, so I'm very happy. And I don't even know, and I don't even care. Honestly, the holdup, I, I believe it was about offsets. I don't know who won, who lost. I don't care. It's annoying, but that's taken care of, and it leaves just one uh, first-rounder without a deal, and it's Bears linebacker uh, Roquan, not Raekwon, Roquan Smith, uh, who still doesn't have a deal, and... Um, and he's, it's part of the holdup is potential fines or punishment that could be tied into the league's new helmet rule. So that's – if I'm a Bears fan, I'm a little nervous because that just sounds dicey. Let's start uh, with Darnold. Your thoughts, Mark? I mean, with Darnold, I almost feel that when this bubbled up, uh, that there was, there was this snag over the weekend that was making this more of an issue because Greg made the point on Friday down in the office, like, listen, if Darnold's still not there on Monday, Dan, we're going to have to finally – Talk about them because it's becoming Not something. Not that I was putting it off. No, no, no. But, but it's it, just but a kind yes. of you felt like this will get done. They'll right. salt this away. But I almost thought that the swift reaction against Darnold's camp and the Jets might have pushed both sides to end the ugly PR and get this thing done because it really wasn't a very typical thing that they were caught up on. It was forfeiture language, according to Michael Silver. And the other other reporters had it based on other stuff. Forfeiture language means like it's you could lose guaranteed money if you get hurt skiing or or silver referenced uh, hiking. I don't know how much hiking Sam Darnold does, but apparently he is very obsessed with that uh, side hobby off the field. <laughs> He's. I don't know about the forfeiture language, and I don't think any football fan cares about the forfeiture language. But he's going to get all twenty million of his signing bonus within the next two weeks, which. Good for Sam Darnold. Yeah, I 
I don't think it's a big deal that he missed a few days, but the the battle that they were having contractually included really the same topic as as Roquan Smith does. It was basically, can they take away your guaranteed money for on-field rules violations? And so that Saquon Barkley had it written into his contract, so he's protected. The Jets uh, did bend on that topic. And so the Bears, you, you it's hard to like put from our perspective, blame on one side or another. It's just annoying. The system is not set up to have holdouts. But in this case, it really does seem like the Bears are trying to get something a little ridiculous that no other teams are trying to get and that the Bears are out on an island. And Roquan Smith's agent, understandably, is trying to not set a precedent. I think you can question whether it's worth it for an organization to have their first-round pick miss extended action over fines on-field suspension from on-field rules like suspensions and fines from that like it's not worth it to have them miss that time and they're and they're it's a new development that they're trying to insert this into the contract the rookie is reported for the bears two weeks ago so this is a pretty long holdout for roquan smith Mm. um and in other new jets news new uniforms coming next year What if they bring back the 80s jet? Well, I was going to say, is it new or are you going to revert to I don't know. one of the it'll old be classics? Sort of, I bet it'll be like a combination where maybe the 80s jet's back, but it's in like a new I would just say be careful what you wish for because I was excited when Cleveland well, announced say, the what uniforms. If, what if the Jets just put like Cleveland again across the Jets? <laughs> they can have Cleveland's <laughs> current uniforms as their old I, ones. I do like, Hardland. I do like the Jets didn't try to like pretend like they were punishing Darnold for this at all. He jogged onto practice halfway through it starting he gets a slow clap and he immediately is getting first team reps <laughs> he get, and we have props on the sandwiches on the line a tag team sandwich prop if he missed too much more time it really would have put into peril any chance of a uh, week one starting now it remains wide open moving on the Seattle Seahawks last season pulled the trigger on a trade to acquire left tackle Dwayne Brown uh, from the Texans uh, he immediately filled a void for Seattle uh, and now the uh, two sides are locked into a long-term deal. The team announced they've signed Brown to a multi-year contract extension. Rap Sheet reports the deal worth $36.5 million. Um, this has been something that's going on for weeks. Brown had been set to enter the final year of a contract worth $9.75 million. Now he's in Seattle through 2021. Everybody getting paid on the line right now, Greg. Yeah, you. he improved them immediately. And so if you're a halfway decent starter, he's now – you know, signed until he's 36 years old. I think there's a chance that the the Seahawks offensive line is significantly better because of Dwayne Brown and because of just getting rid of Tom Cable. That if if you just have sort of coach, okay, average coaching higher. and a little bit of Dwayne Brown, then maybe they're fine and that's a big room for improvement. It's a huge spot for them, an issue for them for years and years. And they gave up a thir- 2018 third rounder and a two- 2019 second rounder. So you couldn't let this deal not get done. You've already you've already put resources into Brown. His strong play down the stretch really obscured how inept the rest of the offensive line was because he was on the field for those games when Aaron Donald was just wrecking oh, yeah. the entire line and Russell Wilson couldn't do anything. So you've got Dwayne Brown, but I'm far from convinced that they're going to be a better offensive line this year. Uh, In injury news, yes, it's training camp. Guys are practicing. People get hurt. It sucks. We'll start with the Panthers, where right tackle Darrell Williams suffered a dislocated kneecap and an MCL tear on Saturday in practice. Uh, No timetable yet, but this seems like something that could end uh, Williams' season. How much is this going to hurt Carolina West? 
Well, you would think if you spend a second round pick on a guy the year before, Taylor Moton, uh, the guy they drafted last year, that he ought to be ready after a year of coaching in the NFL in the weight room, that he ought to be ready to step right in at right tackle and maybe not be that Pro Bowl level guy that Darrell Williams was last year, but good enough. But this is why guys hold out. You know, he was an all pro who was underpaid going into his contract year. And if he held out, he probably would have just gotten a big contract. And it, only in football is it when news comes out that he's got a dislocated kneecap or whatever it is and a, and a torn MCL. And, and everyone was like, oh, great news. Oh, good, good news. Not as bad as everyone expected. Because when he went down, they thought, okay, he's out for the year. And now he's like, eh, maybe not out for the whole year. He's Maybe he'll return. Doesn't sound through. like a highly like, fun no, injury. No, that sounds terrible. Well, yeah. what th- this next injury I'm going to talk about ties into that. So that was – you know, wishful thinking to try to tie Williams's injury into something that wasn't too serious. Ramon Foster for the the Steelers, he collapses in a heap. He gets carted off from practice. You're expecting, oh God, that we just lost our guard, major injury loss for the season. No, it's hyperextended, which is a best case scenario in this situation, uh, and a bone bruise. He's expected to miss four or five weeks. Um, so his status for week one up in the air, but that could have been worse. It obviously looked terrible, and Twitter was freaking out about it for a moment. Well, that's the window. They're hoping week one, and this guy's played more snaps for Pittsburgh than any other player on the offensive roster since 2009. Hmm. So he's been he's been durable. He's been part of that offense. He's not young, but they, I guess for them, it's B.J. Finney as the backup. Wes, your scouting report on B.J. Finney. I'll leave that to you. (laughs) He's fine. They got away with Marcus Gilbert at right tackle out for a big portion of last year. They'll be fine if Ramon Foster misses a game or two. Uh, and finally, Elijah McGuire, uh, Jets' second-year rookie, had a, had some moments last year, and it looked like he had a, a roster spot locked up. This year, uh, he suffered a broken foot. He's going to have to undergo surgery. He'll be out six weeks, could get the boomerang IR designation. We'll see. And that could be good news for Thomas Rawls. If you're wondering, where's Thomas Rawls these days? He's on the Jets' uh, roster trying to make the team. He's a bubble guy. This might allow him to catch on. Uh, and the Jets' backfield is somewhat wide open, I think, so we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, Des Bryant on Friday. You know, it's the afternoon in the newsroom. Everybody wants to unwind a little bit, maybe. But there was no unwinding, especially not for young Mark Sessler, um, who was tasked with writing a story about Des, who went ham. He went nuts on Twitter uh, when uh, people started, I guess, were adding him about – or actually, he saw the Stephen Jones – the president of the Cowboys and Jarrah's son had made a comment how Dak could be better this season because he'll be able to progress without having Dez in his face, you know, all the time, which seemed unnecessary in Dez's defense. So Dez starts going at it with people on Twitter, making statements about uh, how the team treated him, how certain players on the team, including Sean Lee, uh, talked behind his back and weren't real with him, leading to one of the immortal nicknames, Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> Snake Lee. Snake Lee. <laughs> Sounds like a wrestler from the 80s. Yes, it does. So Dez, not happy and still a free agent, perhaps a little bit surprising, uh, Mark, that he would be uh, so vocal about his displeasure with his former team when you really maybe want to put your best foot forward while unemployed. Well, right, because while this was happening – in the atmosphere was another report that the Cleveland Browns are interested in bringing in Des Bryant with Josh Gordon, you know, 
in absentia at the moment. So it, it, it's a bad looking for sure. And there are actually people that have been hanging around Cleveland's camp sort of saying, no, this is not a good person. to. Br- this, is n- this would not be the right person to bring into what the Browns have in their wide receiver room. Now, they, already, they have some characters in there to begin with. But I just think if you're Des Bryant too, where would you go where you're probably going to be the third or fourth receiver? That's not a good. That's not a good mix for him. I don't think in there. Let's open the kimono a little bit here. At the mm. same time, you were writing about this, and Des right. was <laughs> tweeting. I was tasked with writing a post that Des was going to sign with a different team. Yeah. And neither An the Browns, team. neither the Browns, nor this undisclosed team has signed him since all these tweets. We did report on the air, Jane Slater, that another team was interested, and mm-hmm. she said that team was not bothered by his tweet storm, that whatever their interest level was, was not going to be affected. We'll see. I, if, I, I don't know. It hasn't been signed yet, but maybe it's not a huge hurry. And if listeners find it interesting that we're saying what team and, and Wes is hinting that he knows the team, guess what? We, don't, we do know the team, but we will not tell you because we're journalists and we protect <laughs> our sources. It's called integrity. And we protect our own fellow colleagues in the field. I have no sources on this. Jane I, does. <laughs> I I have I have so many thoughts on on this. Jane story. can say, in other words, not not for us. Right, it's not my place. Yeah. But I'll start with that. The whole storyline is especially annoying because it was all based on a growing terrible trend, which is that whoever was running Sirius XM's Twitter account is basically responsible for this entire story <laughs> because he para- he or she paraphrased it poorly. When the full tweet when the full quote came out, number one, Jason Witten was also included as a guy in Des Bryant's year. And and with a little more Snake context, Witten. it didn't sound quite as bad. The way that they paraphrased it, and if you're gonna paraphrase something, you better get the true meaning of the quote right. And whoever was running that Twitter account, and I don't know if they were trying to get more attention or if they were just being lazy, made it sound, made Stephen Jones sound a lot worse. And so Des Bryant, I think, understandably got upset based on hearing that. And and all of this discussion for a couple hours on Twitter and across the country is because some someone did poorly at their some job. Jabroni. Could have been avoided. Yeah. Entirely. I mean, that said, it takes the Des Bryant He's- half of the equation to respond the way he did. Not every player would decide to do Des that at all. Des. Right. Des. We, and, and That's the not surprising. Was, the comment was still a little uh, poking the bear unnecessarily at Des, but it wasn't quite as dramatic, and it did include Jason Witten in it. Mm. The nature of Twitter often leaves out context. That's just the way it is. I, I also thought my other takeaway was the Cowboys are the Cowboys because there is no other team in the league that would make Sean Lee, who had spoken to the media the day before, <laughs> yes, good talk to the media for 30 seconds while walking off the field without probably even have seen the tweet himself. He, I'm, sure, I'm sure their PR director gave him a background, but he basically said, Sean, you got to address this with yeah. the media right now. Everyone else would just try to avoid the issue, but instead they want the story to be as big as possible. And so they get Sean Lee. Uh, to comment on it, and he was, you know, pretty pretty hardcore about that. Des should have been more of a leader last year, and then it really blows up. That would drive me crazy if I was a certain type of personality. If I was a guy that sought to avoid that type of yes. circus, and my team was a- asking me to feed into right. it. I mean, that is like you can't be a coach for the Cowboys Steinbrenner unless you're stuff. willing to to be as media, you know, available as possible. Speaking of Jason Witten and social media, 
I came across this in uh, Peter King's football Morning in America column. thought it was interesting. Uh, uh, Witten wrote a piece for ESPN, who he now works for, about the impact of social media in locker rooms, and it was pretty interesting. Uh, I'll just read a little uh, blurb from his bigger piece, which you can find again at ESPN. One of the defining in- images of the modern locker room isn't a fiery post-game speech or a group of guys strategizing. It's players with their heads down, buried in their phones. The impact? It's not good. I've seen the negative impact social media can have, particularly on younger players who grew up with Twitter and Instagram as an integral part of life. A player checking Twitter at halftime? I've seen it. The most concerning? Watching a really talented player corrupt his mind and confidence by reading all the critiques from anonymous football experts around the world. Negative social media can ruin a player. Reading your mentions? It's poison. Uh, this kind of ties into what you said, Greg, about somebody on the Sirius XM could misquote or misparaphrase and it could cause a whole issue. This is the other side of it that players can really, these young guys are really affected by what they're seeing about themselves on Twitter. I think Witten's advice is spot on. And this is one of the reasons I have been heavy on the block since the early part of Twitter, that if you do read your mentions, you can become obsessed with it and you can waste a lot of time replying to people. It can affect your your psyche based on what people say about you. And you can get caught saying something back to one of these people that will cost you your job. It's better to block. It's better to ignore <laughs> these trolls than to engage. And, and I think Jason Winton is exactly right. This article was brilliantly written. And I'm starting to look at the Cowboys and say, essentially, if you work, if you play for the Cowboys, you want to go announce, you become Tony Romo and you become the best announcer in the entire league in year one. And this article is better than like 98% of the stuff that's on our own website. Are you sure he wrote it? <laughs> yes, I am sure he wrote it. I really think he did because he actually uh, goes probably into- probably have a Brooks or Sosimo type who works it's, it, with He him might be working well, with something. But it's pretty, it's, you can't, you can't draw, I mean, you couldn't, mi- make a movie that I mean he wrote this the morning before this all happened with Des Bryant it was on right it was on ESPN and then that that happens later in the day he said one teammate and I I had I started trying to think who it might be he said he saw one teammate get completely swallowed up by Twitter feedback that it's sort of that a person kind of caved and my immediate thought was like "Hmm, who is that and Des Bryant was certainly one person I thought maybe could have been a candidate for that who knows yeah, I mean, uh, also players apparently uh, are way into PFF, and it could affect them negatively there as well, um, which is obviously just some guys that are watching the games and handing out grades, which are fairly arbitrary. Uh, but the players, they really are connected, and, and too connected perhaps, but uh, you get it, it's a human thing. Well, nobody's themselves on Twitter, and I think that's like, if you're an athlete, all these people who would never say anything to your face – they say the most despicable things to to athletes. Like to me, if I was a pro athlete, I would not engage on social media in that way at all. Uh, in other news, this is interesting. Uh, Dave Ely, of course, is in the running to be West's best man uh, next year. Uh, also, uh, fi- has found himself in a maybe I would call a mini feud with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, we're taking a trip to the dog pound. Um, over naming rights of young puppies that the Browns are uh, seeking to adopt on social media. See, it's not all bad. Uh, and uh, as we know... Except this turned ugly, so... Well, that's true. Last week, uh, Ely suggested a name. What was it? Miles McGruff? Uh, that would have been better. It was Miles Garuff. Garuff, uh, which the Browns then used, but then didn't credit Ely, which got Ely ticked off. And then uh, Dave followed up on Friday with... 
Hey, at Browns, I have another dog name su- suggestion, Jabril Puppers. Which he also said on this podcast. Which he also said on this podcast. And then sure enough, uh, today the Browns posted another dog, a, a real beautiful Young animal. Uh, I was looking for the breed, but they don't have it listed in the tweet. Anyway, uh, meet Jabril Puppers. Oh, a feist mix. Uh, and again, no credit given to Dave Ely. And uh, what do we have more on this, Mark? Well, I, I I think the first instance, David Ely has a real case. At Obviously in Cleveland, they probably had some sort of group of people sitting around brainstorming, going through the roster and picking up names. And... Jabril Puppers feels like something that probably 25 people would have come up with. That would be my take. Greg, do you have any more on this story? (laughs) Uh, The Browns responded immediately (laughs) to David (laughs) Ely. What what analysis do I have on this? He suggested Jabril Puppers, and they said he's already on the list and gave him a little passive-aggressive wink. Maybe it was even a sign that, hey, we've had a list. You haven't been necessarily coming up with these. But, like, for instance, a in wink our- they went with because they could have done, like, the hands up emoji or some type of thumbs up or something else. The wink, really. This they is- don't like his tone, I would imagine. And he's coming it. back over and over saying, no, I came up with this. And I think, I think he's got a case. But at the same time, even in our direct messaging client today, I suggested, how about a manual og bark? And uh. Andy, yeah, but Andy Hageman, our editor, said they already came up with that. And I, okay. it's a case in point. There's just this collective mm. group thing here. Uh, yeah, I think Ely, like the takeaway for me is he really missed his calling. That he has the same brain that well, really like a social media intern has. Yeah. So, so this is causing, you <laughs> wow. know, it's causing a lot of drama uh, <laughs> between Ely and the Browns and everything. But, and Mark, because Mark's always tied in with anything Browns. But I, Andy's my boss, so I have to kind of be like, yeah, I agree with you, Dave. I have some sources actually down in the newsroom that Ely's continued presence on this show and now with this running dog bit here and he gets on it again is becoming a bit of source of consternation and jealousy within the root newsroom. And I've actually obtained through these sources <laughs> Very good, an Greg. audio file, an audio file, which uh, we're going to listen to Ooh, right now. Let's hear it. There's been two softball seasons where I've been a star fucking player, and you guys talk about me, and then don't have me on. But then you call Frank, we need you to do a voiceover. We need you. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> so that was, that was brassy. That is uh, our that part-time is about, catcher of our softball. That team. is about 2%. Of the harangue that she went on for an hour. I mean, so, she's our Des Bryant. So, so. this character, Brassy, uh, who she's she's probably mentioned a handful of character. times on the show. And she said that we've been exploiting her, that we're using <laughs> her name, uh, and that she is very upset that she hasn't been on the show. There she mentioned uh, Frags, who's been uh, done some voiceover work. But she also was very dismissive of, of David Ely and his presence on the show. Some of that I just decided I could not put uh, in good conscience on our air. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time professionally in newsrooms in my life, here and other places. And I could say that newsrooms are viper pits by their nature. <laughs> and none of this surprises me. But I just I think what Brassy needs to understand, who is, a, again, a part-time catcher, uh, for our team. And she said she was a star. Yeah, she was a part-time catcher, I would let's say. Hear, what did she say again? Yeah, let's hear it again. There's been two softball seasons where I've been a star fucking player, and you guys talk about me, and then don't have me on. But then you call Frank, we need you to do a voiceover. We need you. I think that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> she is. She, you know, she, you know what Brassy is. She's the player, the charismatic player, the Santonio Holmes type. That that when things are <laughs> going Antonio good, Santonio Holmes, the only player ever kicked out of his own offensive huddle. Yeah, exactly. When things are going good, and you could maybe put Des in this category as well. He's a great, or she's a great person to have in the locker room, almost a glue type character. But when things mm. maybe start to swerve in a not so great direction, and the rats are jumping off the ship. I'll leave it at that. Ship be sinking. Well, I, I did I did uh, tell her. She does have a point that she would be a great character. So I'm in favor of, of having her on at some point, and we'll have to talk after yeah. the show. We all, she may be. Maybe, we maybe offered we'll, it once. We'll we did offer this once but now, years ago. But now we can tell her, look, you have been on the show. I'm not in love with her tone. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but you, <laughs> you it's, you're good. You, you, <laughs> hitting out a David Ely thing you've is got, a little bit aggressive. We've got a few more minutes. Was that was the PG part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the PG part. Yeah, we, we, had right. to, we had to get it so it was safe. We, okay. don't, we don't want her. You guys didn't give her a confirmed yes. Did you? No, no, okay, good. No. no, in fact, Greg left was waiting for his Uber and she was in the backyard still ranting about Greg threatening her and she doesn't appreciate it. Well, I said, I said, look, you have to keep this quiet until Monday. If you if you chatter to anyone, that'll prove well, she took that as a threat. <laughs> Finally, in the news, very interesting developments down in the newsroom. Finally, in the news, uh, David Ely's favorite team, the Carolina Panthers. They still have a superstar quarterback in the fold, Cam Newton. And uh, this from ESPN staff writer David Newton. Uh, and uh, Cam Newton sported a pair of fashionable sunglasses as he strutted through rows of teammates already on the grass stretching at the start of Sunday's practice. Let me tell you something. Cam said, ain't nobody dripping like I'm dripping. And uh, Mr. Newton, the uh, staff writer for ESPN, then translated that to mean dripping means something that is awesome or super cool. <laughs> look at <laughs> look at Cam, just like changing the world. You know, more people learning vocab. There's people dabbing all over the world now, he, partly because of, of Cam. He's just bringing, I don't he's know if I need, I need all of that, but... He is, Cam is, you know, some people like Cam, some people don't like Cam, but you will learn new things that maybe don't uh, always tie into your your nature or where, where you grew up. Cam is a great guy to teach you about things. Some things work. Uh, the dab worked. The he's dripping. Dripping's dripping I mean, working. That's out me. there. That, it's not like that's a Cam creation. But right? he's bringing it to, you know, people it to the like masses. us. You know, sports like reporters. Sports reporters. What will we do without fans. Uh, Not everything works. Remember his fake language he uses on Instagram? His, all his Instagram yeah, I, posts have a fake language that he uses. Like yeah, a he's wing hit game. or miss. He hits when work. he hits, he hits. But he never stops innovating and teaching. <laughs> and I respect that. It also means extremely what? highly fashionable. And that, if you look at his press conferences, the guy is never dressed normally on any level. So no. I think he's what, speaking of his own fashion with? sense. Well, Greg played Cardi B's drip song for us at the <laughs> fire pit the other night. And it's yeah. catchy. But, so- song of the summer. But it's it- catchy, but you can't help think that, like, so music, songs were invented, say, 10,000 years ago because some someone had something profound to say about the human condition. Like, you're the one at the campfire who's going to speak out. You've got this story. And in this case, this woman just has bobbles dangling off body parts that she thinks make her drip. Mm. I just think, like, that's is that what really we need for music? I don't know. A lot of, um, a lot of creativity, <laughs> though. Come on. That I did, sometimes we slip into this segment. This is the Greg Likes Rap I, I didn't. He, he brought it up. Almost well, every show. What do we have? What is the name of the song? Drip. Oh, Drip. Classic. Takeoff. First of the first of the summer. I'm gonna say it's not a classic. That's what's happening. Agree to disagree. In the news. <laughs> By the way, don't be self conscious that Greg likes rap as a second. <laughs> Just saying, I you know, I you That's made it sound segment. like it's like a self promotional one. He brought it up. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. <laughs> 
good Greg did not slide into that segment. It was good put on. Okay, okay. Dan, Dan likes it. It keeps us, you know. Dan yeah, likes it. Ducka, ducka, ducka. <laughs> if you're counting on me to be hip, <laughs> it's good seg. we're in trouble. Greg likes rap. All right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, here we go. It's time to play the game. Uh, one word. One word to describe something. Camps are about... Oh, there were some late stragglers, which are way on my radar, by the way. There were two or three teams that waited till Friday to report. Who's that? Which, you know, come on, guys. wasn't the Lions, was it? Uh, no, not the Lions. I will say it wasn't the Lions. I don't even want to say what the teams are. I'm going to wait <laughs> and see how the rest of their how, how this plays, plays out. out if, they, if they're going on bowling trips and, oh, we're, 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 we're calling practice off. Let's go to the arcade. Okay. You know who you are and you reported late. Uh, I will be watching this. So you're not convinced that it's it's – they show up on a mandated day, which is based on when their first preseason game shows up. That they're <laughs> Clearly, I'm not to totally go. convinced, Greg. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, I think they took a loophole, <laughs> and uh, they will pay for it once football comes around uh, in regular season form. Anyway, so uh, camps, for the most part, are a week old. Everyone is preparing now for the 2018 season, so um, let's now get into it. One word to describe something we picked up on and then um, an explanation. I'll get it going uh, just to, to so everybody knows exactly uh, what we're going for here. Um, I'll start with the team, the defending champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Why not start with the champs? Uh, and the word, here comes the word. I wrote it down in my phone. <laughs> and now, oh, here it is. Right, here's the word. The Eagles are maybe conflicted. How great is it that uh, Carson Wentz is practicing and looks healthy? Uh, his head coach, Doug Peterson, said that he maybe he's a little hesitant still, and it's tying into what was a very serious knee injury. I was a little bit – I'm only now learning, uh, and maybe because it was in the middle of the season when it happened, and you just kind of – oh, he – he tore his ACL. It happens. But it was a more serious knee injury uh, than just a torn ACL. He also uh, ripped up his LCL. So it, it's a, a considerable reconstructive knee surgery that uh, Wentz, Carson Wentz underwent, and it was late last year uh, that he had the surgery, maybe even early January, as I recall, one of the waiting for the swelling to go on, down situations. Anyway, everything is going in the right direction. He's practicing. Uh, uh, I referenced the Peter King column I read this morning. Uh, King was at the camp and said that he was able to avoid pass rushers, make good throws. Everything seems to be in the right direction. But I would think that the Eagles must remain conflicted about how they're going to play this situation uh, because you do have the defending Super Bowl MVP in your building. Your first, uh, your schedule to start uh, the season uh, is not unforgiving. I mean, they, they could probably survive with Nick Foles and maybe even thrive with Nick Foles. So I'm wondering what Carson Wentz is going to have to show to make them say, all right, we are 100% confident he's our week one starter because I don't think they should start him unless they are fully confident that they're not putting any risk on the, uh, on the situation. I think that's how medical teams in the NFL work. If he gets the green light, he plays. If there's any they, reservation... I feel like they usually end up playing... Uh, but they have such a good backup plan here. They have the best backup plan possible. I don't think that really figures into it. I think if he's cleared, he plays. I don't think it matters who's he, behind him. He's reportedly looked great. Everyone that's gone down and watched the Eagles and Doug Peterson essentially echoed it by saying, if you didn't know that he had surgery, 
he just looks the same. And so when I hear that in the first few That's days good. of camp, I'm figuring it's a gonna. I'm expecting him to be the week one starter, barring some sort of setback. What about the conflicted side about how much to play him in the preseason yeah. and put him out there and test him that way versus playing it safe, getting him fully healthy? That maybe is where they have to game plan for him yeah. in August. That's, That's a little part tough. of it because you don't want to not give him enough work and then you don't really know how the knee's going to operate when it t- comes time to actually play. Or if you give him too much work and he suffers a setback, all that stuff, they have to be a little bit conflicted. But still, it, ultimately, it's a good problem. And the, the Eagles right now, a lot of things around the Eagles are good. They are, but they're balancing a lot of these situations. Al- Alshon Jeffrey has an injury. I don't know if that's serious, but Jason Peters obviously coming back from a really serious injury. Brandon Graham is coming back from surgery. Uh, Timmy Jernigan probably not going to be ready for the beginning of the year coming back from surgery. So they're managing a lot of key players and trying to figure out when they're going to be available. Uh, Mark, uh, you are going to give us one word uh, involving the Indianapolis Colts. I will as soon as the drum roll begins. Wow, he wants it. He wants the drum roll, and I respect it. I'm hyphenating this word. It is sleeper cell. (laughs) Okay. And I'll tell you why. Well, you called for the drum roll, but didn't wait for the drum roll. (laughs) That's my fault, Erica. (laughs) Apologies. Now you can end it. Sometimes I do my version of Colleen, who you're obsessed with, by not knowing how games operate, <laughs> um, already slipping into a hyphenated two-word word, but it's sleeper a, cell. Again, a two-way obsession, according to Erica. Two-way. It goes both ways, according to you. Does Gonzo know well, about Well, leave this? it right there. She's not yeah, responding. Yeah, cool with it. Okay. Sleeper cell for the Colts. Yes. And because I just viewed them as asleep for all of last season and for really for a while, and I think under Pagano, they, to me, had just lost any sort of intrigue their luster was gone, and then you've lost Andrew Luck. Last year, they were a rough watch week after week. Now, over the weekend, because this is about what happened in the last week, finally we get to see Andrew Luck play in this scrimmage, and he's 19 of 22 in full pads, and it's not just hubba, the, hubba. forget the numbers. It's that he immediately uh, is connecting twice on deep passes with T.Y. Hilton. The offense is, is waking up. And suddenly you look at this team that I would have, without Andrew Luck, just simply buried as a top five pick in the next year's draft. I could see them doing a little bit of damage. They're not a complete team, but they never have been with Andrew Luck. You could see them doing some damage, riding, basically riding Luck through the season, taking out a few AFC South teams and being in the mix in December. Sleeper cell, a sleeper in the AFC. Yes. I'm with you. I that seen the update. in a week AFC. It was too. a Sunday evening, sort of special, you know, season ticket holders come and watch the team situation. And there was one tweet where Luck had hit four straight deep passes, and like that got me excited right. for the season. That was one of my favorite items and most significant, I think, items of news that we've had. Because a week ago at this time, you didn't really know, and now, now I think it's fair for Colts fans to get excited. Sleeper sale extends to fantasy too. I I want the Colts quarterback in a lot of shootouts with that defense in fantasy sleeper cell. Is that a hyphen it? Uh, it's a word. Mm. It's just, I'm you know, seeing a lot of two words is, is Ooh. just saying, <laughs> no, no. I think that you have a think point that it's $5 often, in the, it could uh, just be sleeper. Sinjar. Isn't the white, isn't <laughs> the white house a word? 
No. It's two no, words. And now it's two <laughs> words. Like, I'm going by definition. You're going by amount of words. That's, uh, well, okay. you can turn Believe it into me. a verb and sleep or something. When I, when I realized that amount we of words, still, I feel like, is probably the right when you know, I, metric. When, I, when we got so evaluate. hooked on the one word thing, I was like on the like thesaurus.com during this podcast trying to find something else for sleeper cell, and I could not come up what with it. What about sleeper? Uh, well, boring. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and again, as we move on to the next. Uh, Person, Wes, the name of the segment, one word. <laughs> this is one word. <laughs> right. Wool gathering. Ooh. Oh, let me set you up. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Wes. Um, That's a word? I'll set you up. Oh, jeez. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Wool gathering. That is a word. I'm looking it up. It's probably used by your grandma and grandpa at some point. All right. They both passed on, but uh, thanks for bringing that up. Are you going to tell me what it means? Wool gathering, one word. Wes is in the money. Indulgence, an aimless thought or dreamy imagining, absent-mindedness. Lost in fanciful dreams, trying to stuff clouds into briefcases like the Cowboys are doing with Tavon Austin and Cole Beasley. Give me a break. Your daydreams of Tavon Austin as this hybrid running back receiver getting 15 touches a game, leading your receiver's room. Give me a break. Cole Beasley, we're going to have him run the whole route tree. We're not going to put the five foot nine white guy in the slot anymore. We're going to put him outside and have him beat the best cornerbacks in the league on the outside. You guys. Don't check your mentions, Cole. You guys are wool gathering. I knew Wes would be good at this game, by the way. I knew this would be a Wes specialty. Excellent word. Yeah, there's there's something to what he's saying, too. Like their backup situ- quarterback situation. It's funny how the storylines are always. Uh, based on what happened the previous year. So, like, the year when after Romo got hurt, it's like everyone's talking about the backup quarterbacks in Cowboys camp. Now Dak Prescott's the the starting quarterback. Their backup quarterbacks are Cooper Rush, Mike White, and Dalton Sturm. And when I... And when I that that Dalton Sturm is an undrafted free agent, probably not in the mix there. But Mike White and Cooper Rush, and they like Cooper Rush. And I heard them talking. He was great in the preseason about how much year. they like. And maybe he's maybe he's fine. But when I hear them talking about how they're really excited about the depth at their quarterback position, that feels like a a little cloud stuffing or whatever. Yeah, he said. A little wool gathering. Wool gathering. <laughs> cloud <laughs> stuffing <laughs> works. He said cloud stuffing. He said stuffing, stuffing those cloud. clouds into your briefcase, Jerry. Jones. I love that. It was a great image. Ooh, very good. Very good. Uh, football Almanac, Pro Football Almanac, is that what it's called? Yeah. Dak Prescott was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in the second half of last year. He'll be an interesting guy to track this year. Great, great looking offensive line though. With Ty, like that was what killed. Well, Ben McAdoo him. told us that. <laughs> I believe in Dak. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah, he's like Tyron's, a second year quarterback. When Tyron last Smith year, went down. That that killed them even more than when Zeke went down. And, that, and Football Outsiders wrote about that. Great, great uh, purchase if you're if you're into a little preseason book. That's awesome. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, one word on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know we were just looking for like a hard word or anything. You I can use any word. Yeah, I was just again looking. the segment one word. Yeah, I was looking. <laughs> All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Awkward. Okay. Mm, there you go. All right. That is my word. It even has word in it. Awkward. They put up all of these signs all around the stadium. Get excited for the, the next season. Their starting quarterback, not on any of those signs. Even more importantly, Ryan Fitzpatrick is taking first team reps because he has to get ready for the start of the season. Awkward. Jameis Winston with the backup, sometimes with the first team. That's awkward. And then what really made me want to talk about them is that Dirk Cutter has talked to Jameis Winston 
about possibly toning down his vocal leadership. And that <laughs> now I don't know That's if great. this is this is something that that the writers in Tampa uh, uh, that I'm talking about, Roy Cumming, who wrote the column, said that maybe Jameis was going to do anyways a little bit, maybe tamp it down a little bit, some of his antics. But the fact that you have the coach of your team kind of telling your quarterback, hey, lead from behind. That was his wording. Maybe lead from behind this year. <laughs> and this is a coach without a lot of long-term security either. And you're telling your starting quarterback that. And to me, that's just awkward. And, it's and, and what a point of departure from a year ago and even the year before where the word out of Tampa Bay was always how enamored they were with Winston's leadership. And right. he was the centerpiece of Hard Knocks for being that vocal leader. And one season later, it's please tone it down. I feel like, um, and I'll count myself in this, kind of got taken for a ride a little bit uh, by Jameis Winston on Hard Knocks. I even named him the Hard Knocks MVP because he came off as not only a guy that just 23 years old last summer and a guy, this is who you want to build your roster around. You're, he's taking you to his old neighborhood and showing you how he grew up and, and how, how friendly he was and how everybody seemed to connect with him. Uh, but – as it turns out, and he was drafted one twenty thirteen, was it? Fourteen. Twenty fourteen. It's now turning out four years on. Fifteen, maybe. All right, three, four years on. It's turning out right. that he is kind of all the things that people worried about, and what made a lot of like hand wringing and the consternation is Jameis Winston, a guy you really want to build your franchise around. Here the Bucks are in twenty eighteen. And they're still asking themselves that question, and that is not a good thing. Leading from behind is the last thing you would ever would have hoped uh, for your for that to be the message to your quarterback at this stage. It's right? very possible they'll have a new coach next offseason who has to rethink right. this whole Jameis Winston experience. To be clear, I think bottom. Cutter's making a mistake. You let you know, obviously you have conversations with Jameis Winston about all of these things, but to put it out in front and say that we kind of don't want you to be as much of a leader, he's going to be the starting quarterback in week four. And that, to me, it's a confusing message to, to send, to, to tell him don't be as much of a leader. Yeah, it's not confusing to the other 52 players on the roster, though. Like, he's he doesn't he's not just Jameis' coach. He's the whole team's coach. All right, well, one more time around the horn. Mark, get us going. Do you want to announce the team as yes. you've been doing? Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. One word. <laughs> I repeat, one word on the Atlanta Falcons. Drum roll. Let it play out. Let it play out. It's going to take some. <laughs> yeah, gotta... I'll, I'll, I got you covered, Dan, when you get back to me. Okay. Okay. Disruptor. No. You got to wait till the drum stops. <laughs> That's what the drum again roll when it is. Stops. Disruptor. All right. <laughs> What a disaster. The Falcons disruptor. <laughs> now, Give I initially more. had it as dynasty dynasty disruptor. Mm. Because I think the Falcons <laughs> the hyphen are, in there. Yeah, you but no, I just, I just made a good edit. I just went disruptor nice because edit, bro. thank you. They to me, I was when I was watching them yesterday on NFL Network, they brought Dan Quinn over and we've met with Dan Quinn. We liked Dan Quinn for a long long time. I just think that he had last year was all about how do you shake the Super Bowl and how do you deal with this new offensive coordinators? All this like hideous psychological adjusting that he needed to be in charge of. They t- from top to bottom seem ultra confident. All their star players are back. I think this coaching staff has done a better job than almost any team in the league of drafting and developing young players. You've seen the defense where they were at the end of last season when we were at that playoff game when they shut the Rams down. 
we're going to get more of that. And they just have a great core of veteran and young players. This reminds me a little bit of the Broncos team after getting whipped in the Super Bowl by Seattle that two years later came back against all expectations and won the Super Bowl when most people thought, no, it's going to go somewhere else. I think this is a Super Bowl team that's going to disrupt Philadelphia's plans to become a dynasty. Disruptor. One thing I've noticed I like about it. how quickly they've turned around that defense, basically purely with draft picks. Mm-hmm. They placed an inordinate emphasis on explosive, dynamic athletes with high spark scores. It makes me wonder why every team in the league doesn't rebuild their defense in the same way. I think Quinn got that from we want to redo what we had in Seattle, similar type of like edgy athletic players. And it, sometimes that's a nice plan, but then four years later, you don't have any of those guys. They found them right. and they turned them into good players. And they're, they're going to start signing him. Grady Jarrett's next up in line for a contract extension, and he deserves one. Uh, Chris Wessling, one word to describe the Cleveland Browns. Brigadoon. Brigadoon. For those of you under the age of 80 is a musical, I believe from the (laughs) 50s, about a mysterious Scottish village that appears for only one day every 100 years. It's a musical, so you know when the Scottish village appears. People spontaneously break out into dances. There's galas, seductions, romantic dalliances, trysts. In Cleveland, in training camp, you got puppies, you got RVs, you got the hardland, you got Bon Ami, you got festivals, you got everybody's darling. It's going to last one day and then be buried again, fade away into the mountain mist like Brigadoon did. Wow. Mark, a oh, little bit of a drive-by. That was great. Mark's actually under the table in a no, I, position right I, now. I, I do. Th- I see what you mean from. That's not the, where I thought that was going. By the way, I see what you mean from the training camp uh, angle, where it acts like they. It's an. It's a month-long celebration of all that has been and is to come, and then September arrives typically, and by around September 12th, you realize you don't have a team. The one thing that I think is a little bit different here is that Tyrod Taylor is giving them some consistency and taking almost all the first-team reps when last year, for instance, in many years, it was three quarterbacks all splitting first-team reps. None of them were first-teamers. And I am starting to buy into everything that's being said about Baker Mayfield. Yes. Me too. It is growing daily. But this is the problem, that, that your head coach, who last year could not pick a quarterback and stand by him for a week at a time, this year has picked a quarterback and is sticking by him and saying there's no competition, even though Baker Mayfield is so far proving to be everything that would make you want to draft him at number one overall. And by October, people are going to be saying there will be a controversy. Why isn't Baker Mayfield playing? Yeah. Browns are a high-profile team for a team that never wins any games. It's interesting. That that's they re- helped. They are a national that's competition. That's made them yeah. a high-profile team yeah. that they've right. been so Well, they're bad. never boring. But they're also never good on the field. Right. They're a special type of bad that makes them a story. They're not just the Bengals or the Jets or some other team that's just kind of like wandering through lost seasons. They're really good at being bad, and now they're trying to be really good. It, there's, there's a lot of there's juice to it. Let's face I, it. I think at the end of the Brigadoon, isn't there a happy reunion? I think it ends happily. I'll have to go back and rewatch that film. I'm not sure I've seen it the first time around. Uh, one word, one word to decide uh, to describe the state of the Seattle Seahawks. Listen up, twelves midstream. And you can look it up. That's one word. Midstream. Uh, Earl Thomas is still. Wait, what's the definition of it? 
the kind of just in the middle. Just uh, you're caught. You don't want to interrupt someone midstream. Yeah, you you don't want to be. They're not on one side or other uh, of, okay. of land. They're kind of just floating in here's, the middle. Here's one definition. Yeah, the middle of a stream. They're in the middle. They're <laughs> literally in the middle that. of the stream. Here's an organization. Where did I'm they looking come up at with that? I, that's online right now. There's a <laughs> Thank second you, definition. Dictionary.com. What's the second definition? The What's middle it? period of a process, course, or the like. That Maybe. works as well. Yeah. Midstream. So the Seattle obviously who's gone? Michael Bennett, Richard Sherman, Cliff Averill, um I'm missing somebody. Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor. And Earl Thomas is just this one guy that's held over from the, the famed Legion of Boom days. Uh, and really, it is overdue that he is, should have been moved out of here. If they decide, if they thought they weren't going to give him a new deal, they should have moved him out before the draft. They should have picked a better time, that maybe last year when they could have seen this all coming. But they didn't, and now they still have him here, and you have – Pete Carroll in press conferences at training camp saying he should be here. And you have Earl Thomas who's digging his heels in, and you're looking at a situation that could be, A, a huge distraction for the team, uh, but B, and that's kind of where the midstream thing comes in, it's time for this organization to fully move on, uh, but the Earl Thomas thing is kind of keeping them in this past, this recent past, and not allowing them to fully do that. And I don't know if... If at this point things are so toxic and the timing of the NFL calendar makes a trade very difficult, but I would take what I could at this point and, and just move on and give the younger guys a chance to play. Uh, I know they have uh, Maurice Alexander, a guy they picked up last year. He was working with the number one defense today. Uh, Bradley McDougal is a free safety. So they have they have these guys that are kind of the future of the team. Move on. Get out of midstream. Get to the other side. Get to dry land. So what? To what end is this Seahawks' current stance on Earl Thomas? What do they hope to get out of this? To him to just play out his deal? What? That that's that makes that's no what sense to me. Ho- that's what they're hoping. That makes no sense to me. And what is a midstream year? We're not going to use rebuilding. A midstream year. I don't think they're strong enough to to contend for the Super Bowl title this year. So why why are you trying to get one last age twenty nine season out of Earl Thomas? What else are you going to get? A draft pick that you can get in the off season, anyways. You can get it now. Right, if you get it in the off season, you can't use it until another year. Except part of it, like th- this what do you whole... mean? I mean, either way, it's a two thousand nineteen draft pick. So so if they, they let him go through, they get a compensatory. I'm saying pick in a trade, in use. a potential trade. I mean, they could franchise him. They can't trade him in the off season. The whole like, problem, though, is that Seattle's trying to sell to their fans. And everyone, this idea that we're no, it's not rebuilding, but we're going to give you a second version of the Seahawks. And that means a new culture where a lot of these players that were around that got tired potentially of the Pete Carroll message have been moved on. And, and Earl Thomas is sort of like the guy that's still there. You, mo- yeah. you, you, you blew up the whole Legion of Boom, and he's still there. He's not happy. the job. Right. Move it's just, on it's, to the next it's, phase it's also, of your organization. The ro- the he's like Marcus Grant right now. The roster's midstream. <laughs> Poor Marcus. We don't want to trade Marcus, though. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're playing guys because there was a couple injuries at wide receiver, and guys like Keenan Reynolds and, and David Moore and Marcus Johnson are getting a lot of snaps. And if you look at who's getting the snaps on defense, and, and maybe these will turn out to be good young players like Tedrick Thompson, but it's – 
Jaron Reed on defense, Marcus Smith. You know, it's 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 a midstream roster. A lot of guys that I don't necessarily think will be a big part of when they are good. Again. Maybe the case for a trade is you can bring somebody, an actual player back that can yeah. fill a hole. Um, if, if I don't know what his value trade value is at this point. A year ago, maybe they could have gotten a second-round pick or who knows, maybe a late first-round pick. But now, what, fourth-rounder? Worse? I think if they wait, I think they'll There's wait no it out. Any. He has to show up at some point or else he loses that year of eligibility. So he will show up at some point. And so you either trade him, I guess, or you try to get some value out of him and maybe not worth tag him next year. Seems like it's a not dude. worth it yeah. to have him come in after yeah, 10 games so he can keep his want. free agency yeah. or whatever. To Dan's point, the timing of it all is a disaster right now. And he seems like a pretty strong-willed individual. It's a ooh, rough situation. Uh, finally, Greg, one word on the Buffalo Bills. Dispiriting. Mm. You make See, it- I was hoping you were going to go in a positive direction because some people are getting excited, but you're saying dispiriting. There are people getting excited about the Bills? I don't know. Seven, you know, you wait to make the playoffs for 17 years. You finally have a good young head coach, I think, in Sean McDermott, and you would hope to be building on that. And instead, you're splitting reps three ways between mm. A.J. McCarron, Nathan Peterman, and Josh Allen. Dog. And that never really seems to work. And depending on who you read, you know, Peterman started off very slow, but he's getting a lot of first-team reps. McCarron has, isn't really processing the offense. Allen is up and down, but you've got to make some decisions. This is not – the two veterans between McCarron and Peterman aren't good enough to bother to split it three ways and keep Josh Allen at the field. Develop Josh Allen and make a choice with one of the other two because they're going to need all the work they can get. They got Andre Holmes and Malachi Dupree as starting wide receivers right now. So they need to get as much work as they possibly can with the quarterback that that they're going to go with in week one. What about Des Bryant pulling the late-period Terrell Owens move and going to Buffalo? It's a logical team because he would make them better. They showed interest, reportedly, from the beginning, and Des didn't want to go there. Well, that may. I wonder now when he realizes how few options he has, except why not wait two weeks because everyone's getting injured left right. and right, and then you see maybe another option opens up. I couldn't agree more, Greg, because the teams that do this, where you're giving reps three ways, it never works. Is this? It never works. Is and that, their offensive line is going to get two of these quarterbacks killed before the third one has to start anyways during the season. Is that really their fault, or is it that the offseason program is so much shorter now that they don't have enough time to figure out which one of those three guys Well, is? that's that's – that's fair, but at the same time, they're dealing with the same limitations that every team is. Why not have one guy get as much preparation as right. you can going into week one? Right. The other guys are going to get snaps. It's just going to be with the third team. and they're, The biggest they're, problem is they signed the wrong guy in free agency. They signed A.J. McCarron instead of somebody better. They they reportedly, I think, wanted to be in on Sam Bradford. That didn't happen, and yeah, they ended up McCarron. Uh, do you think Des, Mark, knows about you know Western New York's a beautiful area you think he knows about? NF, Niagara Falls? I, w- I would imagine it's probably, you know, anecdotally been introduced to him. And, I don't know if he's been there. And I don't. I just looked it up. It's not one of the seven wonders of the world, Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely has a case in my mind. Let's get on that. To be one. Let's get on that <laughs> committee. Yeah, like, there's like the 300. Eighth, What's that? There are like 300 wonders that have a case. Which wonder are you knocking out of the lineup for the You know what you want to hear? You want to hear what I'm getting yeah. out of? Get out of here, Hanging Gardens of Babylon. That doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> Don't need ya. Those are ancient wonders. There are That's seven new saying. wonders in the world. Update this list. Get Niagara Falls on there. Uh, present that to Des and see what happens. He's signing. All right. I would have replaced something else, but 
I believe there is an updated Wonders of the World list. Well, that was the, the classic seven. Right. I only I use the. There classic. is. There's I don't an- think the Colossus of Rhodes is still around either. Mm. That big donut <laughs> near the airport at LAX, you know that you. Ran, that's that's ran, in. That's in yeah. <laughs> I only recognize the classic seven wonders. What about <laughs> See You Later, Taj Mahal? Oh, Taj. That's that's one of the new ones. There's no, right. don't, don't take out Taj Mahal. I don't Taj recognize. is great. Well, recognize. you're not getting rid of the Roman Coliseum. He's been doing good work. Machu Picchu and Chichen Itza. What about that? Chichen Itza. One of those ones. That kind of you can maybe sort of combine those two into one thing. <laughs> I've already stated my case to get rid of the Hanging Gardens. All right, that's it for the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. Have you nominated the Around the NFL podcast for the Listener Podcast Awards yet? Uh, it's free. Uh easy to do. Just head to podcastawards.com, nominate around the NFL in the sports category. You know, if you just do this, I'll never read this ever again, and you'll never have to ever worry about hearing this. Just just vote. And once we win, Erica, are we going to win? Uh, definitely. It'll be a bit of a La Raville Magnifico if we don't win. Put it that way. <laughs> and I don't think you guys listening want to know who's being Exposed. The subject of that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, again, podcastawards.com, nominated around the NFL in the sports category. And a reminder that our uh, video show is coming up later this week. Uh, so where our next time you'll hear from us is Wednesday. Uh, and then on Thursday, uh, starting at noon Eastern, NFL.com slash ATN Live, you could check out our video show. Good stuff. We'll be back. Oh, one announcement, not a minor one. Uh, yes, we'll be in the studio on Wednesday. Uh, on Friday, Friday show, we'll be recapping our time at Los Angeles Rams camp. How about that? The 2017 team of ATL. We're going to be at Rams camp. We're going to talk to some big fish, not Evan Silva, but some big fish connected to the Rams. Uh, so we're going to be on the road. Road trip. It's a big announcement. Shotgun. I mean, you put out a list of who you want to talk to, and sometimes like they might try to give you the lowest level, but our list of seven or eight requests are all major names. Well, they, they can't. Uh, yeah, you just, you're just setting us up for failure there. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> we're going to end up with like, I think Jim Everett's like caddy. <laughs> we could work with that. Uh, all right, that's it. First Irvine, next stop London. Oh, yeah. Oh, we heard you all of the people excited about our trip to London first week of September. Uh, Twitter blowing up over that. Uh, we cannot wait to see you. So we'll get we're going to have more London talk and maybe a famous London sports personality or a British sports personality mm. coming on our show soon to talk about that. Maybe a prince. A little, <laughs> little hint. It's Prince Harry, baby. All right, let's go. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and the loose cannon behind the glass. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.